Hello, everyone. This is Stephen Blush, and welcome to the next episode of the Art of the Interview podcast series. Today is your time to get schooled, which is why we call this Rock History 101 From the Vaults. This past week, as America's cities burned, I felt it was time for us to listen to my 1992 interview with rapper Ice Cube from the time of the Rodney King riots. I knew Ice Cube from an interview I did with N.W.A. at his family's home in Compton, which will appear in a future broadcast. Special thanks to Tony Mann for digitizing and editing this essential conversation. So without further ado, here's 45 intense minutes with Ice Cube on Rock History 101, part of the Art of the Interview podcast series, powered by the Blush Media Network. You've obviously been successful because of music, right? I mean, yeah. that's what people are there. I was, was going to ask you, what do you think that, that you bring to the whole hip-hop formula, you know, and to the listeners, you know, why? Because it obviously becomes big because of music. Uh, uh, I think I bring, you know, truth. I, I think I, I bring to the kids a person that's not scared of, of you know, to say what's on my mind, no matter who don't like it, you know, it's real important for me when when these certain people attack me to stand up and uh and to to, to really fight back, you know, not with a weapon, just you know, with my mind, fight back with intelligence and, and uh show them that you know. Ice Cube ain't going nowhere. The, the problems that I talk about ain't going nowhere until we until we solve them. You know, they can call me everything, but they can't call me a liar. So I think the kids see that. You know, I think that's why the kids down with Ice Cube. They know that I never sell them out, and the reason I never sell them out because I never sell myself out. How about from a musical perspective? That same question. You know, like what, what do you think that that your sound is? Well, I, I think I think I always look for new flavors. You know what I mean? Like on this new album, Death Certificate. I did use the Bomb Squad, right? Um, and I just I look for new, fresh producers and uh, work with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not on some ego trip where you know some rappers go, "Well, I have to produce my own music." That ain't the case. I just want my music. Make sure my music is as dope as it can be. So I always look for new, fresh producers to uh, to the music. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what do you make of this all this controversy stuff? I mean, do you, is, is is any of it? Are any of the criticisms valid, or, or, no. or what do you make? Of it? Yeah, I just wanted to give you your chance to answer all that. The criticism isn't valid because these people really doesn't don't make a difference in my life. Uh, you know, anyway, you know. Uh, if you don't respect the people that criticize you, I don't even know half the people that criticize me. So how could I respect their criticism? How could I, uh, really worry about what they say about me? They're not, on most cases, they're not fighting the same struggle I'm fighting, so I don't expect for them to understand it. You know? But when, the only reason I come out and defend myself is because you know, they're talking, you know, a lot of older black uh, parents look at the news and, and pick up these magazines. And I don't want them 
to have a different perspective of Ice Cube. Because when their kids come in and say, yo, I need $10 to get Ice Cube record, I don't want them. No, he's anti this, he's anti that, you can't get the record. This, this, boom. That's the only reason I come out and I do interviews and, and talk about, you know, what happened a couple months ago. How about, do you, do you understand why these people are upset? And if so, how do you react to that? No, I don't understand why they're upset. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm telling the truth. And, uh, the truth hurts. Yeah, maybe, but the truth gotta be told. <clears throat> I'd rather tell the truth now and get some kind of discussion about it than, uh, have to tell how it was, you know, massacre here, a death here because of, because of, you know, nobody's um, you know, while your music is obviously directed for the, the rap audience, the young black audience, uh, what would you like the non-black listener to understand about your messages? Or, you know, not really to understand about my message, but understand about uh, understand about my people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and gotta understand about their people too. Type of rapper, I don't, I don't, I don't pull no punches. You know what I'm saying? Because I have white listeners, I think I come on a little more heavier because of that. For the simple fact, I want them to understand what the black man goes through in this world, in this country. How it is, how much stress it is to be black in this country. So I really want them to really listen and understand. So when they're in a position, you know, of power, they're running the country. Until we get our thing together, they will be. And I want them to understand who the black man is and, and uh, why he is the way he is. Who's the cause of that? And then let them make a conscious decision on how they how they gonna handle uh, the next black person they deal with. Wow. Right. Um, you know, just one one thing about about this whole thing is, you know, it's important for, you know, how you've said all these things to get out, out all this stuff into the open. Now, how how and uh, when and how will the black community move beyond the rage and take take control of its own? Well, the thing is, we have to break away from the powers that be. We have to break away from. Gotta, we can't, we can't just want more things. We gotta desire more things. We have to expose the powers that be. You know what I'm saying? And, and make them look as unattractive to us as we look to them. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So we have a frame of mind where, you know, because no doubt the country has taught us to hate ourselves. Nobody wants to, to be around you. Nobody wants to be 
down, not just as an individual, but as a people. You know? So, when we gotta start, when we start loving ourselves more than we love anybody else, because what happens is, black people, uh, unconsciously love white people more than they love themselves. But that's been programmed to us over the years, even in school. It's not been taught out like, okay, you're black, you're supposed to hate yourself, and he's white, you're supposed to like him. But when you start teaching stuff like history, you don't never see really too many black faces in there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You start hearing about inventions and this and that, but you don't see too many black faces. You know, that's not taught. Even though black people have invented a lot of things for this world. But you don't, you don't, you don't get that, you know. So what happens to your self-esteem, you know? Because what what happens is, I mean, pride is something that 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 uh, you know brought down from generation to generation. You want you supposed to want to outdo your father, but if you look back in your history, you say, "Damn, my father ain't this shit." What am I? What am I gonna outdo? So when that happens, <clears throat> you start loving other people's Willis on die hard. Right. You know what I'm saying? That becomes heroes. Mel Gibson, you see him on uh, what's this movie? He got Lethal Weapon. Right. You see him, the cool dude, you know what I'm saying? With the gun, and then you see Danny Glover, and some lazy motherfucker wants to retire. You see what I'm saying? These things have an effect on your self-esteem and your confidence in your race, you know. And you see the only thing you can really excel in is music and sports. So what you what you see all these kids striving for, because that's the only heroes that they can see that's out there making it. And they want to be just like them, but you don't paint the picture as doctor such and such as a hero, or professor this as a hero. So kids don't want to be like that. So what's the next step in the struggle? The next step is to break down all that. The next step is to teach ourselves who we are. So we gotta, in a sense, fight to learn who we are. You know what I mean? Our parents gotta go back to school for themselves and teach the kids who they are. Teach the kids what they need to be proud of. And pretty soon the anger will turn into unity. See what I'm saying? Yeah. We say, okay, we know what the powers that be done to us. Okay, we're going to pick up from here. We're going to unify. We're going to get a piece of this American dream, which we have a right to get. But, you know, everything is earned. Well, nobody, anybody that got a piece didn't just get it. You know, a lot of people stole it, took it, and uh, passed it down, but they did something to get it. Everybody's everybody is playing unfair, but us, and we're trying to play fair. <clears throat> this ain't a world of fairness. The strong survive, the weak get swallowed. That's just it. Um, talk, you know, you talk about this whole thing about you know the black community kind of taking care of its own, which you know, which is the most logical step. I was talking to Chuck the other day about um all this stuff, and he was talking about, you know, black economic self-sufficiency, you know, taking care of your own. 
yeah. and all that shit. And what he was saying was, was that's kind of like we got to do like what the Koreans and the Jews do, which is, you know, take care of your own. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, not expend the energies on, you know, getting down on these people because it's like we, there's enough fucking problems we got to deal with our own shit. Yeah. I just wanted to know your response because of all this, you know, the controversy and all that shit surrounding it. It, it makes no difference. That's not my objective. Mm-hmm. That's not my perspective. Okay. I'm not caring what these people say about me because their comments don't make no difference to me. Regardless. Right. I'm talking to black kids. Whoever's listening. Just like like Boys in the Hood. People love that movie because that was the first time you got to see the real black community. You know what I'm saying? Sure. See the problem without it being an exploitation movie. Without being a shoot 'em up action movie, you know what I'm saying? You got to see real people on the screen, and you got a better understanding for people like Doughboy, people that's pulling up the penitentiary. You know, it's not a problem with the kid; it's a problem inside the home. You know what I'm saying? That's where it, that's where it starts, and you get better understanding that this guy Doughboy, he might be a killer, he might be in the penitentiary, but but he he, he has feelings too. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if he's treated right from the beginning, he's a good kid. He turns out like Ricky or Trey. Right. You see? So, you know. That's what, that's what my objective is to get a, to, to, to talk to, to black people because we need it so much. And everybody else can really get the Bozak on, you know, what they feel about what I'm saying to, to my people. Right. You know, because it's basically everybody else is really eavesdropping. You know what I'm saying, and uh, should learn from it and uh, and understand and wonder why Ice Cube talks like this. Why Ice Cube has this rage? Why Ice Cube is upset? And then start start you know answering new questions. You know, I'm made in America. I ain't fall just out the sky. <laughs> the reason I'm I have these views and these comments because something is wrong. Right. It takes a lot of strength. That. Um, I was just curious about the part that, that Chuck had said about what he was talking about, like, as, as opposed to focusing on what other people are doing wrong, let's just take care of our own, you know, because of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. That's very true. But we can't, we can't take care of our own if, 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 if I mean, the attitude of the black community, you know, we fought so long, so long, so long to sit down and, and talk and eat go to the same bathroom with white people and shop. So what happens is now that now that we have these uh, so-called privileges, we don't shop with each other no more. Mm-hmm. I can shop at Macy's. I can shop at, you know, the May Company or whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't want to shop at Miss Johnson's uh, fashion store on the corner. Right. You know, so that's the problem. So what we have to do is Make the powers that be look unattractive as they are. You see what I'm saying? Sure. When we do that, then we, people say, well, shit, I don't want to shop at May Company if they're going to treat us like this or they think about us like this. You know, I, I shop at, I go on and shop at Mrs. Johnson's store. So we got to make them, we got to hold them accountable for their history for us to start loving ourselves more than we love them. If you love another culture, more than you love yourself, then you gonna want to be with the other culture. We gotta teach them the history of the other culture, the history that the other culture has put upon 
the black man and black woman, and and pretty soon the other culture don't look so attractive in your own. And then that's where the unity, that's when the self-sufficiency comes in. Now, speaking of that, you know, I want to talk to you, you know, because I think it's kind of admirable that you've gotten down into the, the Nation of Islam thing. Because um, as far as I'm concerned, as far as taking care of your own, you know, you got to, I don't know, I mean, it might sound weird, but I think you got to have, you know, the black man can't be praying to the white man's God. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, it's all one God, but it's like, how, I mean, have you ever looked at TV evangelists? Right. Have you, I mean, these people are just, to me, are wicked people. Because they, they, I mean, God is a scary thing. God is, is something that you always going to wonder about. God is something that everybody has 50,000 news stories about. And to prey on people, on their emotions for money, like that, man. I mean, that's straight. That's a straight game. That's. A, I mean, these guys ain't, ain't no better than the hustlers that's on 125th Street. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. They ain't no. They ain't no better. It, they matter of fact, they worse. Cause a hustler on 125th Street to tell you, I'm out here hustling. I get you if, if you slip. These motherfuckers hide behind this tie, TV, and the Bible, and this and that. You know what I'm saying? thing is, it ain't the God, it's the practices that people use God under. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Christianity, to me, is a controlled religion for the simple fact. It doesn't teach, it teaches you, it doesn't teach you how to read the Bible. So a lot of people take the Bible literally. Jesus made a blind man see, deaf man hear, dumb man speak. They make it sound like Shazam, pow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what it is, Jesus taught them the knowledge where they was able to see clear. They was able to hear the knowledge. Then again, they was able to speak. So then you do teach a blind man to see, deaf man to hear. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Same way with, with Martin Luther King when he say, I've been to the mountaintop. Now, you think he really went on the mountaintop and looked over and saw the promised land? No, he's talking about that he... He knows that it's gonna be a time where we can get to the place where everybody's gonna be dead. So Islam, to me, you know, I'm not a Muslim, but I like the brothers for Islam because they're talking about unity. They don't teach you just the Bible. The Bible is just one book of scripture. They read out the Bible and the Holy Quran. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's two books. They even might even read you something out the Torah. They, they don't they don't uh they don't discriminate on any kind of uh any kind of books of scripture or, or, or anything like that. I mean, the Bible is many versions. You know, the King James versions, the Holy Bible, the Living God. You got this Bible, that Bible, boom, boom, boom. You know, a version is somebody's interpretation of what the truth is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was it before it was a version? You know, and these are a lot of questions that, that Christianity and people that, that, you know, that, that, uh, follow that don't, don't look at it. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I mean, it was given, you know, and I gotta look back to when we was kidnapped to this country. Why did they take the original religion that we had and give us this one? to control us 
in a way where we looking up and down while they taking everything around us. You know what I'm saying? And, and today, it's going to be better than heaven. It's going to be better. Your heaven and hell is on earth. You don't know what's going to happen after you're dead. Nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? Good point. So why live a living hell here mm-hmm. to hope yeah. that something's going to be better? That things are going to be better? I mean, if, if the, the white man and the black man is going to the same God in the same heaven, we got to feel that the conditions are going to be the same when we get there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's you know... You know, that turn the other cheek. I mean, that ain't even the law of nature. One dog bites another dog, they gonna fight. You know what I'm saying? You're right. So, it, it's a thing where, I gotta say that that religion was used to control. And you, I see that the nation has more of an effect on black people than the church. That's why the country holds the nation as terrorists, as this, as racists, as bigots. You know, this and that. You see what I'm saying? But, I mean, if Farrakhan speaks, any white person that want to come can come and would not be touched, harmed, or talking bad to. I couldn't sit in a clan meeting and had the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, do you see any sort of relationship between, like, the Nation of Islam and, and modern hip-hop? Because, I mean, oh, yeah. Right. We'll go into that a little bit. Nation that speaks the truth. They speak straight up. The nation doesn't bite its tongue. Hardcore rappers are the same way. Hardcore rappers, we fed up. We ain't like our parents were. Right. Our parents came from a generation that always wanted to fit in, that fought to fit in. But we we understand that the power structure never wanted us to fit in in the first place. And thing Martin Luther King, the thing that they did really wrong was kill Martin Luther King. Now, when they killed Martin Luther King, we, we as kids, I mean, me, I'm saying, well, he taught nonviolence. He never lifted a hand to any white person, you know, that I know of in any of his marches, protests, anything. And they still killed him. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, damn, when I die, do I want to die on my knees begging, or do I want to die standing up? And really, fuck dying, I want to live. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, you know, when that happened, I was like, yo, that shit ain't going to work. You got to deal with somebody violent as they deal with you. Eye for an eye. I want to ask you, based on all this shit, you know you know, with all the racial shit getting so weird in this country, do you think race war is inevitable? I mean, because I want to say that because, remember, David Duke and all those types, that's all they've wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I respect David Duke when I respect George Bush. Because David Duke would come out and tell you, I'm racist, I'm this and I'm that. It's just the same thing with the hustle. I respect, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, my boy who tells you, I'm a thief and I'm a killer and that's just me. Then I respect uh, somebody that's sitting behind a desk at a record company that won't tell you he's a thief. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That same kind of that's the same kind of way. When I'm if I meet uh, Duke, I know where he stands. If I meet Bush, he hides behind shit. I know where he stands, but he ain't told me where he stands. You know what I'm saying? If I meet him, he gonna know where I stand. 
don't know what my objectives are. You know, so the race war shit, man. I mean, I can't count anything out. I can't count out another Holocaust. I mean, for black people in this country, because they paint the picture on black people. They're filling up the jails. They're on welfare. And they're crime. They're this. They're that. They're making this known not only in this country but to the world. So if they ever did anything to the black man and black woman, they would consider it justified. Right. And they will have a, 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 a whole lot of facts that justify it. And who would care? Yeah, it did. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I, before I look racial, I look really a genocide, you know, which I got to say that that plan is definitely in effect with the drugs and the, the, the AIDS, you know, they don't tell us how we get AIDS. They don't say, see, most black people get AIDS through needles. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Now you see crack start to die down and heroin start to come back. Why is that? Because they know if heroin is going through the black community, that people are going to be using needles. A lot of people say, well, you know, a lot of white people die from AIDS. But the ratio... Is it, is, I mean, how many, it's like four to one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if, if, it, if it starts to snowball like it is, it's going to be at a ratio of four black people to every one white person. Now give any general in any army those odds and then take them. You know, four, four enemies dead for one of mine. Let's go. <laughs> and I see that in effect now. So do you think there's fear of a black planet, as they say? Oh, of course. Because they know that the black man untouched. I mean, without, you know, if they just left us alone, just let us be, we would solve our own problems. But when they fuel the fire, then they just go on. I mean, black people aren't people to harm anybody. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they feel that when black people get in any kind of form of power that we're going to lash out at, at, at white people who've done bad to us. I don't know what they're going to I mean, we're very forgiving, very loving people uh, in nature. You know what I'm saying? Because if we forgave uh, this country for all the things that they've done to us and trying to put that in the past and trying not to look back, you know, we're forgiving people. How about the whole notion of black racism? I mean, we we see that all the time, you know. I, mean, I just wonder. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that, that that can even. I don't even believe that's you know, a word that it can exist right. at this point in time, right? Because all you see is black people reacting from racism. You know what I'm saying? The difference. Now, if we started it off, then we could be called you know black racist. We just reacted from racism. We sick of it. Sick of being quiet about it. Sick of just letting you know shit go as the way it's going, man. Fuck that. You know those times is over. We got a new agenda. So 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 uh, it's just a reaction. It's not um, actual. Um, I'm just yeah. I'm just throwing. We ain't got the thing about it. Are we in any kind of power to to? So make our racism effective if we have it, right? No, we can't. You know what? What can we do? 
Really? How about, how about changing the word to prejudice? Prejudice? No, we don't prejudge nobody. <laughs> everybody, everybody that 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 we have something uh, to say about, we have facts. You didn't judge them ahead of time. We have facts on what they've done to us. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It ain't nothing, nothing free about that. I got you on that. Um, turning to to your movie stuff, um, I was just kind of interested on in your opinions on the uh, the whole you know seventies I guess like black exploitation like they called it, and I just wanted to know uh, how those actors or those films kind of influenced you and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I mean, I understood that there was movies. You know, what I'm saying I want to be like three the hard way, and you know, kid, you finally see a hero. <laughs> That's the same color that you are. You shit, you head over heels for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you want to be like the people. And, you know, when you uh, leave the theater, you say, "Damn, that was just a movie." Step back into reality, right? You know what I'm saying? But I think uh, anytime black people get on the screen, that uh, that is good. They say because we're black, there's an exploitation movie. Right. But I mean, you know, it's not white exploitation movies. Sure, they're all you know, they're, Most movies are exploitation movies. Yeah, so it's like. I was just wondering. You gotta, you gotta separate entertainment. You know, sometimes entertainment is just that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a black man with a gun to entertain is no threatening than a white man. On the screen with a gun, right. entertain. Oh, shit, entertainment. You know, this country we like to see violence. We like to see that type of stuff. So, you know, it becomes entertainment. Nothing more. And if you try to make it anything more than what the director and what the writer intended it for, you're out of line. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you talk to the writer and the writer was saying, "Yeah, I tried to make a, a movie to touch black people." touch white people, but their movie didn't come out like that, right. then you got a you gotta right to criticize, you got a right to lash out, you know, but if you talk to the uh, writer or the director, he say, well, you know, it's just it's movie to entertain, it's like, you know, I'm trying to make it into nothing, it ain't, I mean, what the fuck can you say? Yeah, was Either I was entertained or I wasn't. Yeah, I was just talking about the genre of film as opposed to, like, the way it was written, you know, as far as that stuff is that a pretty heavy influence? Not really. Not really. You know, because when I start growing up, you start seeing that fade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You start seeing that go away. Shit. The new man on the scene to me was Spike Lee. <laughs> I was on the black filmmaker I knew about. And she got a habit came out. You so, so you weren't really down with like Richard Roundtree and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know nothing about. Him. Yeah. So, so this is yeah. So kind of what you're doing is just like, just a natural thing. Yeah. Um, is this ever confining the role that you have at this point? I mean, the gangster, criminal, whatever the fuck word they use for it. I mean, or the, you know, what I mean, the hard guy. It's not confining because I don't consider myself either one of those. I consider myself to tell the truth, tell exactly how I feel. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm no more of a gangster than George Bush is. You know what I'm saying? He used violence to settle his shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just meant as far as in the, in the movie. In the movie. Oh, no, it's not. You know, I can always do anything I want to do. You know, 
play any role that I want to play. You know, without, without, you know, it's not, it's as restricting as I let it be. You know, but I'm not confined, confined to nothing because everybody knows, you know, what I'm doing with film is acting. <laughs> when I'm rapping, that's me. Uh-huh. Is that, um, how about this new movie? Is, there a, is this a different kind of role or is it pretty much the same kind of thing you did in the last one? Pretty much the same kind of thing. Different people, different things, different situations, you know. How about the difference between film and record? I mean, this, they're different avenues, but you know, you're getting a point across, too. I mean, that's, that's well, film, you know, I'm getting somebody else point across. <laughs> Until I start, you know, yeah. writing my own stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, it's cool, you know, just playing on somebody else's team and, you know, rolling how they want you to roll. And, you know, everything is just all right. You know, it ain't like records. Records, I'm in control. I say cut. I say action. <laughs> um, what? I just breathe. If they don't hold me, I'm throwing them away. So you turn down a few rolls? Yeah, I turn down a lot. Um, one thing I want, I know, I know you don't want to go into this too much, but just, I want to ask you one thing about the NWA split up was just that it was, it was probably the most vicious and publicized thing I ever remember in music. And why do you think it got to that point? I mean, cause I've never seen anything quite like that. Yeah, some people that was jealous. Some people that yeah, was hurt. You know what I'm saying? Some people that didn't understand. He had somebody that's wicked that's feed that into the minds of them. You know what I'm saying? After I left the group, I didn't have nothing to say about the group. Mm-hmm. It you heard America's most wanted. Right, okay, that's that. Yeah. It started, the lashes started coming from, from that, that corner. But I didn't understand because I had talked to everybody and told them what time it was with me and how nothing, you know, nothing was changed but see you have somebody in there wicked the person as wicked as Jerry Heller in there fueling that fire you don't like him you never did like him you know, he didn't see that and that's what happened the group started listening and they, that day in and day out you start listening you know and jealousy came out Pretty much got my shit together and they shit is collapsing. So all that is, is you know, plays a part in it. You know? How about clarifying that whole thing about like, you know, that line about Jerry Heller, the Jew thing, or you know, why don't you just clarify that for, for the people who heard that in the lyrics and made the deal with that? My thing is, if you call me a black rapper, right, it's got Ron in uh, Brother Ron 2X he's in the nation right. you call him a black Muslim and he gets offended what else can you call him okay okay I, I had his name in there at first mm-hmm. but who he is guy from the record company said if you put that in there you might get sued don't chance it so what can I describe him yeah he's white and he's Jewish what more can you say? You're not supposed to say white Jewish? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a forbidden word? Are you supposed to use something else? You know, what if I'd have called you like a, 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 one of those names that, you know, one of those bad names that call Jewish people? I mean, I don't even know any. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All I know is when they Jesse Jackson 
said Jaime and everybody was hot. You know what I'm saying? That's probably the only word I know. And that's from that all that controversy. But uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought I was describing him like he is. I mean, if you get mad over that, you gotta be ignorant, right? Real ignorant, because every time they on the news they describe the perpetrator, black male suspect as this you know, white female killed, you know, this that. You know what I'm saying? So when I describe my perpetrator, am I wrong? Or do you agree with what he's done to me and you coming to his aid? What do you make of this whole black Jewish thing, by the way? I mean, it seems to me that I'm, you know, obviously not either, but I just seem to like both groups kind of suffer like similar fates and, and problems and shit. Not at all. I mean... <laughs> I mean, our problems are really not similar at all. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, you know, our, our fight has been uphill from day one in this country. A lot of people, a lot of Jewish people came to this country. They immigrated. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them was born in this country. You know, with no restrictions, no nothing. <laughs> Pretty much unified, still had their religion, still had their culture, you know what I'm saying? Still had their, their philosophies, their, everything. We came here and got stripped of everything, got given a new agenda, you know what I'm saying? Sure. We're trying to fight back to the agenda we had before we were stripped of all that. You know, a lot of Jewish people came here as families. Our families were torn apart. We always live with that stress. We didn't know whether our husband, daughter, or whatever was going to be with us. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that, you can't forget 400 years of that. You just can't. Just like, okay, everything is cool now. No, everything is not cool. That's affecting us now. So what you have now is a black man who would rather flee from uh, a wife and kids because he can't support them than to stick there with him because that mentality from generation chromosomes from generation to generation to generation, that's not been a mentality. <laughs> you might be taken away. So you don't think, you don't be that attached to your family. So you, we, affect, we affected by that now. So I, I guess what I was trying to say about the, the two groups is they they like, they like both have, you know, fucked up prejudice from, from the white man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jew, I mean, Jew ain't exactly a white man. The, the thing about it is this. Jewish community is able to overcome the prejudice and still get a chunk of the dream because of their unit. You know, and that's what I have to respect is their unity. You know, I believe their unity played a, an important role in them coming to the aid of Jerry Heller with no Vaseline. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, black people, if we had that same unity, then we would be able to overcome and get a piece of the American dream like everybody else. What I'm fighting to do is get that unity back. You know, you can look on the back of my arm and say, unite or perish. That's the whole key. What I want people to do is love themselves more than they love any other race. And then, when, when they do that, they'll love 
me. They'll love their next door neighbor. And then from there, they'll do, go in business with their next door neighbor. They'll open up stores. Mm-hmm. I, you don't love yourself, so you don't even trust anybody with the same color you got because you don't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. All that got to be broken down. Right. So, so do you think that those, the two ethnic groups will, will work out whatever problems they were? Will, will that stuff get worse? What do you think about all that? Well, the Jewish community really don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got to work out our problems. Mm-hmm. We on the same playing field. We got the Jewish community got to understand too that we ain't on the same, you know, playing field. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we ain't on the same uh, economic and social level. Not saying that Jewish people are better than black people, but I'm saying that we've had a lot of things to break down our spirits, break down our our our, our unity. Until we get that back, you'll see that it's no problem at all. That's cool. Because I just know, like in my family, I've you know I have cousins and stuff who we think the same of blacks and Jews. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all just you know. It just seems you know that it seems almost like a, it's not infighting, but you know two groups that that. Just, I mean, the they Jewish, should be turned on the real enemy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Jewish community. Then, I mean, the reason to me that the whites are so enraged with the Jewish community is because they're able, with their unity, to come in and control them. You see what I'm saying? They're able to take over. They they're able to have their hand in almost every piece of major pie that's cut. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> That's the only thing I can see. Right. Yeah. But uh, I got to get to the set, man. Okay. Can I just ask you one more question? And yeah. we'll leave? The only thing I, I just had one more, actually, was what do you think the biggest misconception about Ice Cube is? I'm sure there's a lot, but what stands out in your mind? I mean, that I hate women. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, so, that's such a lie. I love women so much. I'm willing to do records discouraging women from being Bad one. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what we should know. Yeah. That's cool. So um, if I get a copy of this to Leslie, you'll see it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll get this to you. So good luck with the movie and hope to see you soon. Great. Take care, man. Bye. You've been listening to Rock History 101, part of the Art of the Interview podcast series powered by the Blush Media Network.